Zahi, we are talking about professional development, how to make it a part of our culture at colleges and universities. In our last episode, we talked a lot about how do we make that budget proof. And, and today, what we're going to talk about are the different kinds of, of professional development. And really, when you break it down, there are plenty of options that are out there. There are. But let's right off the bat say that professional development is not the time to go in and tell people you need to use form X to do thing Y and it needs to be in my office X number of days prior to. That's not professional development. That's an email. Professional development is investing in our community so we can all grow looking at our gaps and identifying them and identifying the how we're going to walk away from those gaps to filling them and identifying the milestones, identifying the timelines that we're going to use to get out of it. So think about it as no different than when we talk about, in the case of individuals with uh, disabilities, we talk about the individualized educational plan. Professional communities and pro uh, professional development is an IEP for the professional communities that we work in. That's my opinion. What do you think? Does it, does it strike you as uh, wrong? What would you think about what I said, for example? Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I wholeheartedly agree because there, there has to be some individualization to it. You know, yes, we can have a big thing where we're going to talk to everybody about you know, here's how you use Narcan, for example, um, you know, and that's something potentially salient for everybody. Um, but if we're going to bring together the entire college, all the employees, and we're going to talk about, um, you know, here's how to do assessment for your class, uh, right away, you have sort of alienated about half your crowd. Because, you know, if I'm the O&M person, if I'm a coach, if, if I work in student services, instantly I'm like, this isn't relevant to me. Uh, you know, so the, there's some, you know, a lot of individualization to this. Um, you know, one of the, the low-hanging pieces of fruit when people think professional development is they're thinking about conferences, they're thinking about going somewhere, uh, getting together with with other professionals in the field and, and learning, you know, new best practices from them. And, of course, one of the criticisms that that I have heard and one that I have personally experienced with conferences is, you know, oftentimes they are in nice locations. So, you know, one year I went to a conference in Las Vegas and. I got heavily criticized because, oh, the college is going to pay for your trip to Las Vegas. Uh, you know, I've seen conferences in, you know, New York City, San Diego, San Francisco, Orlando, you know, all of these nice cities. Well, of course, those are the places that, you know, have convention centers that want to attract people. And, you know, at the end of the day, like when I went to that thing in Las Vegas, my entire day was pretty well packed full of educational stuff. It wasn't like I was going to an hour long session and, 
than going out and getting boozy on the strip. Uh, that wasn't it at all. Um, you know, and it's the same for all of these other conferences. And, you know, do you run the risk of having somebody that is going to blow off part of the conference to do something? Yeah, you do. But if you build your culture right, they're not going to want to do that either. That, that, that's an excellent point. So, you know, when you do, when you do those conferences, uh, why do they choose the large cities? Because of availability of space, the availability of cutting edge space, of transportation facilities, whether it's airports or train hub or, or whatever it is. So you're, you're not going to have it in, in, uh, in Alaska. You're not going to have it in the UP of Michigan. You're not going to have it in, in, uh, by Glacier National Park. You're going to have it in those urban centers. So. And I understand it sounds weird when you talk about being at a resort, whether it is a resort in Las Vegas or in Disney World or wherever. But at the end of the day, it's also an opportunity to attract individuals the world over to come with their entire families. So there's an investment that those cities and, and uh, places are looking uh, to recoup in on. But when it comes to the actual professional development, it has nothing to do with those things. As you said, it's within the walls of those locations. And during the pandemic, we had the opportunity of having so many of those conferences opening uh, an online format whereby individuals don't need to be there in person. That's wonderful, right? You, you save on the travel. But very often when you're doing those uh, online things, you're not going to stick around all day hopping from one place to the next. What happens is it goes by the wayside very often. If somebody's knocking on your door, they want, you know, in your case, they want to snap pictures. Another person is coming in because, you know, they, they want you to, uh, to do an a, a informational release. So in some ways, going somewhere is helpful for your growth or that group's growth. Another uh, thing when it comes to professional development is bringing people in, right? So you fly somebody in or you have them drive in and, and they spend a day or an hour or whatever it is with your group. You're running another problem there, which is if it's a canned presentation, then you're missing out on the opportunity of growth. I mean, you're, you're getting a sliver of that growth. And you and I can talk uh, about those things, but in reality, professional development is an investment in a community. Absolutely. And, I, you know, one of the nice things with, with the conferences, there, there's a lot to be gained, too, if, if you are able to take a group of people from your institution to that, uh, because there, there's also that extra level of bonding and camaraderie that can come with that. And of course, with a lot of these too, uh, you end up with you know some certain keynote sessions, and you also have breakout sessions. And one person obviously can't get to every single breakout session, but if you're there with a group of people, you have the the opportunity to divide and conquer to get more out of the event. Um, now, you know, I did a, a professional development over the pandemic, a couple of them that ended up being remote instead of 
in person. And, and one of the things that I liked about that one in particular is it was a very small group of people. Uh, so, you know, I think they limited it to about 15 people to participate in this. So what was great about that is, you know, now you really had that one-on-one -on -one attention and you could get your very specific questions that are related to you answered versus, you know, if you go to a, a big, large conference, uh, you know, you're, you're going to be getting a, a very 30,000 foot view probably, and you probably aren't going to have the opportunity to talk to somebody and say, here's my situation. How would you apply that to this? Right. And on top of those things, professional development doesn't need to be conferences. It could be professional learning communities where we come together and learn from one another where or we read an article or we read a book and we discuss. We're not talking an Oprah type book club. We're talking about a, a professional uh literature that is tailored to the gaps that we've identified as a as of common interest. So you don't need to travel. It doesn't need to cost as much. Lo watching some YouTube videos and some YouTube videos are phenomenal and they're really well made could also be part of that professional development. You have taught on a number of occasions, uh, you know, the active shooter classes. You know, that's a good starting place. If we were to couple them with a tabletop uh, type exercise, it becomes an even more powerful tool. And if we can repeat it over the length of our academic year, not just a one and done every year, every five years, uh, then there is growth right there that we can document because we see it and we, we're all better prepared. Absolutely. So we're talking about different types of professional development. If you enjoy conversations like this, be sure and subscribe to us here on YouTube. Ring that bell down below. You'll get notified when we post new content. And of course, you can find Let's Talk Ed on all of your favorite podcasting platforms as well. So for Dr. Zahi Atala, I'm Chris Ford. We'll see you next time right here on Let's Talk Ed.